0: Welcome to New Branch Community Church. We're so glad you're here tonight. And uh, this is our kickoff for summer church. And so we're glad we had a cookout and we had the first responders come for our first night for summer church. And just so I can explain what summer church is all about or Thursday night service. I've had people ask me, are you still having Sunday service? <laughs> um, or, or, you know, is this some special service? So, so basically what we're doing is, is this is our Sunday service on Thursday night. Now, I almost didn't want to tell you that because I know a lot of people that are come on Sundays are here tonight. And so you won't be back Sunday. I got it. So we might have lowly attended Sunday service, which is fine. But, um, but here's what this is about. You know, for people that are going away on the weekends, you know, you want to go away with no guilt. You can come to church on Thursday, Thursday night. For people that have shift work, like first responders, um, we're, we're inviting you guys to be part and if you have your own church home, we're not trying to steal you guys from your church home, but if you can't go there and you want to come here just for a p- season, you can do that. Or if you go, hey, I don't, I've never plugged into church. Maybe you can come check it out and see and you go, man, that church is a little bit different than what I'm used to or maybe, maybe it's inspiring you to go, man, my church is so much better than that, I'll go back there instead and that's fine too. We're, we're totally fine with that. And so, so that's what Summer Church is all about. We're going to be doing this the whole summer, so feel free to plug in. It'll be at 7 o'clock and we're going to have all kinds of great things coming up um, over the summer. And so tonight, what we want to do is we want to kick this off by saying thank you to first responders. Now, a lot of those guys are not here right now because they had to go and actually go to an emergency, and we'll pray over that in just a minute. So here's what we like to do. For the ones that are here, or even the ones that aren't, we're going to acknowledge a lot of the places in Isle of Wight. If we don't acknowledge you, I'd still like you to come up if you're a first responder, if, that, if that's okay. So we'll call them out. If this is your department, then come up and just kind of fan out. We have a certificate for you. We'd like you to take back just knowing that New Branch is praying for you. And if there's ever anything we can do, that's really what the spirit of this is about, is just to kind of link and say, we appreciate what you guys do. And uh, it, from the bottom of our heart, we thank you guys. We've called you before, so we do thank you for that as well. And uh, if there's ever anything we can do, we're always praying for you and we're ready to help. Um, and so we got some cups for your fire station. If you don't want to take that with you for your police department and stuff, you can come back up and get it. And then Masame's um, Open Langley. I don't know if Open's in here. I think she's with the kids. And so, but Open works at Massa Mays. And so they got coffee for all you guys. So take as much as you want to your, your stations and um, and share some with the guys that aren't here, I guess. <laughs> um, and so here's what we'll do. So Kathy, if you got a certificate, I'll just call them out. And so if we have anybody from Carrollton Fire Department, um, and we do, Sammy. So Thank you, Sammy. And um, if you just want to stand right down here, that'd be great. Oh, did you take a picture of we? We want to take another picture. Sam, you want to get another one, or and then the police are going to come and arrest me as soon as we get done. So, <laughs> you're welcome, Sammy. And we don't like we're, we're kind of angry with Sammy because he stole Debbie Bales from us, and now you know they're getting ready to get married. And we're no, we're really happy for you guys. It's awesome. So, okay, this is Smithfield Police Department. So if we can just give them a round of applause, they're not here tonight, but we will do that for them. And. Smithfield Fire Station, Smithfield Fire Department. So, we also have Carsville Fire Department. So, we got somebody here from Carsville. Thank you very much. Oh, you turned me in. I'm not sure about the picture thing, but anyway, (laughs) we'll do that. I think we're just um, Isla White Rescue Squad. um, I don't believe they're here. They're actually at the scene tonight. So, we thank them. And Isla White Sheriff's Department. And I I think most of them are gone, but we do have Russell. So, Russell, if you want to come. (laughs) And I'll give you that. And then just smile, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) And you can stand right here, Russell, if you don't mind. Okay. And Russell's running for sheriff. And so, you know, he's not working there right now, but he is running for sheriff, and he served our county for a long time. So, we thank him. And we got Windsor Rescue Squad. I don't know if anyone, Christina does work for them. Yep. And Christina's part of our church family, so we're really excited about that. And then Windsor Fire Department. Oh, oh, we do got some. Thank you very much. Okay. And Windsor Police Department. Thanks. Then you just turn right here. There you go. <laughs> and if you're, are you with Winter? You're an intern. Oh, come on up. Come on up. He's an intern, so that's counts, Steve, man. We appreciate that. And that's, that's all of right? Do we, have, do we have anybody else serving now in any other departments that maybe we didn't mention? If you're here, you can stand or come up. We'll put you on the spot. This is a nice way to be secret, unsensitive. So here's what I like to do. I'm going to stand behind you guys, if that's all right. And um, we're just going to say a word of prayer over them today, and hopefully this doesn't freak them out, but they're they're first responders, so nothing will. So if you guys want, (laughs) right? Nothing we do could probably, I don't know. So we're going to get the snakes out. No, we're not. We're not. I'm just playing. I'm playing. We're not that kind. It's not West Virginia. It's okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to lay hands on them and pray. If anybody else wants to come up and lay hands on them, feel free to do that, and please take some time and thank them. Guys, really. We're here tonight just to say thank you for all you do. It, it means more to us than we can ever tell you. We're not going to do anything weird, but we just want to pray over you guys. So, so let's pray. Father God, we come before you tonight, and Lord, half the first responders can't be here tonight because they're out first responding. And Lord, they put themselves in harm's way in ways that we'll never know. Lord, they, they have traumas that we'll never know um, to serve us, and, and they go into places that everybody else is running away from. God, I thank you for them. God, we just want to support them, and we thank you for them. So I just pray, be over each one tonight, Lord, in Isle of Wight and all around, and we just thank you from the bottom of our heart for these guys. And I just pray, Lord, whatever they're dealing with, we we just come before you and say you're a big God that can handle all things. And so, God, I just thank you for them coming here tonight. I pray whatever this church can do to support it, I pray in the days to come that we will support this community more and and whatever we can do to help, Lord, help help us to know. So, God, we thank you for them. I pray you be with us tonight as we... we Open up your word, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank them. <laughs> so we thank you guys for being here. Now you got to sit through my message, or maybe they're just like, hey, I'm out of here. I ate. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a church service, and uh, and we kind of bait and switched you. So now we're, we're going to do a church service. <laughs> So here, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're, um, we're going to kick off a brand new message series, and it's called Rescued. And it kind of, it's kind of from what you guys have done. And I know, I know not all of them could stay here, and that's fine. But, but it kind of inspired me to look at it and say, hey, not only do first responders rescue us, but God rescues us in many ways. So, some of the stuff is very tangible. Some of this stuff is, is not. Some of it's metaphysical. And sometimes that's even the hardest part is to say, hey, rescued from things in life. And so as we think about the series, we're going to start, it's a five part series, and we're going to cover all kinds of things that get very practical. But for tonight, I want I want you to think about something. What um you know, as as first responders go, they 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 see something that happens in life, And, and one of the things that happens is this is that you can be going along on just a great day. You know what I'm talking about? Just like everything is fine, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's an emergency. You know what I'm saying? There, there's something that just changes in the course. It's like from one second, just like we were here tonight, in one moment, it's like everybody's eating and hanging out and having a cookout and smiling and having a good time to now all of a sudden a car's turned over and they gotta be there. You, you know what I mean? And, and it's like life can change. It can go from just a great day to to not such a great day. And I and I got a couple examples just, just to kind of Share. Um, one of them, it happened to me recently. I was driving down. I was coming, and I was trying to help people. I don't always do that as a pastor, but sometimes, you know, you got to help people. And so we were going to help some people, and I had some people there waiting for me to get there. And I'm driving from Franklin because I live in Franklin. I'm coming down 58 Business. And, and I passed by the 7-Eleven on 58 Business coming towards Windsor. And um, and all of a sudden, Isla White's Finest turns his lights on and pulls me over. <laughs> And I'm like, my life went from it was a beautiful day to what is he doing behind me? and Does he know who I am? No, I'm just playing, and he didn't. <laughs> and so if you're here tonight, and I'd like to pass that message on to him. That's why I brought everybody here just to say, I got a ticket, and it told me to slow down. <laughs> and now now it's kind of transformed my life because I had another ticket before that, and so now I've got to go to driving school and all this kind of stuff. So thanks, Iowa White Sheriff. Sure. No, I'm just playing. No, <laughs> no, I'm saying that maybe it told me to slow down. But, you know, it told me, it said, hey, pay attention to what's going on because, you know, your life can change, and mine did, you know, and that's that's kind of a funny one, but 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 we've had some that aren't so funny, you know, um, Cynthia O'Reilly, I think she's here somewhere, oh, there she is, and she just had a fire um, just a couple weeks ago, and it went from, you know, just having a day, and it wasn't necessarily the best day for her that day, but she came home from church, and she had some stuff that afternoon, she comes home to the place where it's supposed to be her refuge, and she lays down to take a nap, and all of a sudden, you know, she hears something, she runs outside, and her house is on fire, you know. And it's like your, your life changed right in that moment, right? It went from, hey, I'm getting ready to take a nap in the place that I call home and the place that I'm supposed to be able to relax to now I'm moving overnight. You know what I mean? Like, like, like everything you would think of in moving, and now it's just thrust on you in a moment. And I know first responders definitely understand what that's like to have that happen. And, and now it's like, man, that's just, it went from great to not so great all in just a moment's time. Um, and it can do that. Um, we had... Um, Melissa Howe, she's he's here, and Aaron just got in a car accident just a couple days ago. And a um, tractor-trailer re- rear-ended them on 460 and knocked them into oncoming traffic. And uh, just a miracle that, that they're here tonight. And the same thing for Cynthia where it's like just a miracle that nothing more happened to them. Um, and so we celebrate that and we praise God for that. But yet there's kind of that fear that goes, wow, I can't believe that, that all of a sudden my life has changed in that, in that split second. And, and and there's some fear that goes around with that. So so here's what I want to ask you tonight. Think, think about it through this lens. What are you What are you afraid of? What what brings What what is it that, that you have a fear inside? And and maybe you don't. Maybe you never even think about that. And I know for first responders and police guys and, and for um military guys, and and for a lot of us, especially as men, we kind of compartmentalize a lot of that stuff. You know, you you set it down, but but that fear tends to have a way of coming back out, doesn't it? And so let me ask you a question. What is it that you're afraid of? Because here's what I know is that even throughout your life, what happens is, is as you bury that stuff down, it can come out at some of the most inopportune moments, can it? That, that all of a sudden it's like even after you're in a car accident, every time you're driving, you're thinking, man, is that going to happen again? You know? or, or in my case, every time I see an Isle County Sheriff's Office car, I'm thinking, are they going to pull me? I saw it tonight and I almost just couldn't. I didn't think I was going to be able to speak because I was like, oh, man, they're here. You know. <laughs> And I know some of you guys were looking out there thinking all them police cars going, oh, I'm not coming to the service tonight. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen that many police cars since you fill in the blank. But you know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, you got it. So, so you know, but, but all joking aside, those things tend to come out. And what do you do with those fears that are buried deep inside? Because, because getting over fear is huge. We're going to talk about all kinds of things in this series. Sometimes, sometimes it's guilt, right? It, where, where it's like, hey, I got this thing and I don't want anybody to find out. And when you get too close to somebody's button, all of a sudden it's like, mm, you better not get too close to that. Or, or, or I got to do, it, your emotions run the gamut on that. Sometimes it's anger. It's like, I'm mad because somebody did something against me or I have this resentment and I'm afraid they're not going to get what they deserve. There's all kinds of things we'll talk about in this series. But for today, what I want to do is I just want you to think about what, what are you afraid of? What, what brings fear to you? And, and then we're going to take a look through a lens of something that Jesus taught, a lesson that Jesus taught, but he didn't teach it like a lot of other lessons where it was just him instructing. This was a hands-on lesson. And so tonight we're going to look at that. Matthew chapter 14, um, if you want to turn with me in your Bibles or your Bible apps, um, we'll put it up on the screen. I got it in the outlines and, um, and, and we'll look at a story in Matthew 14, verse 22, if you want to turn with me. If you're not reading in a, in a certain place in the Bible right now, this would be a great place to start. Um, Just take this week and and read Matthew 14, just read a couple verses every day. It's an incredible passage of scripture, Um, and it says this, Matthew 14, verse 22, it says this, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, that's going to take a little bit of explanation, so I picked up right in the middle of the story. So what had happened before this was this, is Jesus had an enormous crowd. He had 5,000 people that had just come to him. And, and they were, you know, because Jesus had started healing people and was teaching in his earthly ministry. Maybe you didn't know that. He did more than just coming to earth and dying on the cross. He, he started to minister. And because he healed people in Israel, all these people were coming to hear what Jesus had to say. And so they came to this one place, and it was a very rural area. I always like to think of it kind of like Zunai. Anybody? I mean, I'm just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a thing against Zunai. I don't know what it is. But, but Zunai, and they don't have any restaurants there. You know what I mean? I mean, what's up with Zunai? Do they have restaurants in Zunai? I don't think they do. Okay. No restaurants in Zunai. What's up with that? And so, you know, you go out to Zunai and, and, you know, policemen, you, you can't get donuts there. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. James Pope's just walking in. Sorry. Sorry, James. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> so sorry, James, he's going to leave on me. He's going to leave on me. I didn't mean anything bad about that. But there's no restaurants in Zuni. And so when Jesus was teaching, they didn't really think it through. Um, I've had a lot of functions like that where I was in charge. And so they got there, and it was like, hey, it really wasn't thought through much. And now it's like, hey, it's getting dark, and there's no place to eat here. There's not even a grocery store in Zunai. You know what I mean? And so, so they're like, hey, we're going to have to send all these people away to feed them. And then Jesus said, well, let me ask you a question. What do we have? What could we do with what we have? And so they're like, hey, we got um, five fish and two loaves of bread. I think that was either that or it's the other way around. And so, so he's like, he's like that's, all, that's all we got is sardines. And, 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 and so then all of a sudden, what does he do? He goes, he, he multiplies that and he feeds all these people and he increases their faith by them seeing this incredible miracle. And so here they come and they're like, wow, this is this is incredible. And so they're coming off this moment where Jesus is going, hey, let's go across, you go across this lake and I'll join you later. I'm going to dismiss the crowd that's here. And they're like, they're like, this is a great day. You know what I'm saying? Just like we were talking about. It's like a sunny day. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And, and all of a sudden, you can kind of get the idea it's about to change for them. You know, because being around Jesus, being part of Jesus' entourage was like being with the rock star. You know what I mean? That's basically what it was like. I mean, it's like, wow, he's here. 5,000 people came out, and he just fed them in an incredible way. This is an awesome day. And so they get in this boat, and they start going across the sea. And in verse 24, 23 says this. After he had dismissed them, that's the crowd he's talking about, he went on up to the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he, he was there alone. So he sent them out ahead of him, and he went off like he does sometimes to pray. And it was kind of unusual for them to travel separately, though. And, and he sent them out there for a particular reason, because I believe he had another lesson for them. Verse 24. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Um. This is a lake, but they're in a very small vessel in ancient times. And so they would put sails up or whatever. But if you get far enough away from the land where you can't see it anymore, anybody been in a storm like that? Where it's like you thought it was going to be a nice day and then the weather changed on you? How scary is that, right? and you're in charge, and so there's kind of this fear that sets in, and this is the kind of thing we're talking about where, where trauma happens in a split moment, where it's like, hey, you just left from going, hey, we're part of Jesus' entourage, to now going, Jesus ain't with us, and we're in a boat, and it's a bad day now, and this is getting bad, and first responders, you correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it irritating when people go out there when they have a small craft advisory in effect, you know what I mean? And so, but anyway, they're out there and they're like, what is going on? Why are, you know, this is terrible. And, and so their day just shifted from going great to being terrifying. And that's what happens. It can happen to anybody. Um, verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Can you circle that word walking? So they're out there in the storm. And obviously they've been there a while because it was nighttime. And now they've been doing it all night. And Jesus has been praying. And now Jesus comes out, and he's walking on the lake. Now, I want you to picture it because we're thinking walking on on glass, like when you go water skiing and you want just smooth, you know. But that's not what Jesus is walking on, right? He's walking on the waves. He's walking on the storm itself. The thing that they are terrified of, and they are, and you'll see it in just a second, the thing that they're terrified about, Jesus is walking on it. In fact, you can write it down if you want to because, because this is the principle, I believe, in this story is that Jesus is walking on the thing that they fear. He's walking on the thing that they fear the most. They're out there in a boat in the middle of this storm, and even though it's just a lake, it's a small boat. And i got to tell you, it's terrifying. And Jesus comes walking on it. Not by accident, but he walks on the thing that they fear. Okay. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were... Happy to see them, no. They were terrified. Well, I guess that would make sense. It's dark, it's night, they're already seeing all these waves, they're already seeing the storm, and now what do they say? It's a ghost. (laughs) It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. You want to circle that word fear? We're talking about fear tonight? See, they were afraid they had just had a trauma, and you guys tell me if I'm right or wrong, but when you've had a trauma, your senses are heightened, right? And now all of a sudden, every time this stuff starts to resurface, because you're out there in this trauma thing, they don't believe in ghosts. They're not superstitious people. They're, they're followers of After all, they're his disciples. They don't believe in ghosts. But yet, there they are going, it's a ghost. Because the storm, when you're in the middle of a storm, that's how it feels, doesn't it? It's like, oh, my senses are distorted. When you have fear that you're living behind fear, i got to tell you, your senses will become very distorted. And they did with them. Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You see, Jesus, everything's okay. You know, he's kind of a little bit of distance from the boat, and he's like, It's me walking on the storm. And they're kind of like, This is insane. You know what I mean? What is he doing? And he's like, Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I'm here, it's me. And, and, and it kind of calms them down just a little bit. And then verse 28, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied. Tell me to come out to you on the water. <laughs> now, you've got to love Peter. You know he's, he's one of those guys, and I know a lot of us in here could relate to Peter, where it's like he wasn't really thinking this through. It was like you're just getting over going, hey, this was traumatic. We almost died, and we're all terrified. We just thought we saw a ghost. That's how terrified we were. To... And I don't mean any disrespect, but, but some of you will get this. Hold my beer and watch this. Isn't that what it feels like? Huh? Y'all ever had those moments where it's like, hey, hold my beer and watch this. I'm getting ready to walk on the water. You know what I mean? Call me out. And, and so what happens? Yeah, that's kind of who he was, right? I mean, and you know, I mean, all religious aside, that's how some of people are, right? And, you, and you've got some stories with that, right, that didn't go so well. But Peter's got a lot of stories that didn't go so well. But he's talking to Jesus, and he's like, hey, come out here. You know, I want to go out there and walk on the water with you. Is that okay kind of thing? And, and then and in verse 29, he says, come, he said, and then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Don't be too hard on Peter. He's the only one that got out of the boat and literally walked on the water. Is that amazing? I mean, I've water skied before, but I got to tell you, I've never walked on the water. I have a little bit, like my wife pulled me too fast, and then I, you, know, you fall out the skis or they rip you out of the skis, <laughs> and you are kind of... You're kind of walking or getting drugged behind the boat. I've had that happen a few times as well. But not like this. You know what I mean? Not like this. And maybe you haven't had it like that either. And so, so it's like, this is amazing. And I'm, I'm thinking, that's probably what Peter's thinking. But it's kind of like when you've done something and you've never done it before. Remember the first time you water skied or you watch these kids do it? And it's like, they're okay until they realize that they're up. And they're going, this is a little bit beyond my skill level. And then they realize they're up. And then what happens next? You fall, right? You're anticipating it. And that's kind of what happened here, verse 30. But when he saw, you want to circle that? Circle the word saw. When he saw the wind, he was what? He was afraid, circle that. And he he began to sink, circle that. He saw, he was afraid, he started to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. I I want you to pay attention to that because I see a couple things there. And this is huge. Understand the sequence of it. Even after the trauma, you see, even after th- that Jesus was there walking on the storm, even after he had experienced Jesus, even after he'd been on the boat and he got out of the boat and he started to walk on the storm himself, You get it? even after he started walking on the lake and he saw Jesus, but when he saw the circumstances of his life, the fear came out, didn't it? Have you ever had that happen? And I think some people understand. And then what happens is, is you get this feeling, this, this kind of sinking feeling. Anybody ever experienced that? Where it's like, it's like you get out there, and you're walking, and you're going along, and you're like, hey, I had this trauma, or I had this thing happen to me, or I had this accident, or I lost this person. And you get to church, and it's like, hey, it's getting better, or I'm around some positive people, or whatever your situation is. And it's like, I thought I was over that. And then all of a sudden, something happens, and you see the storm again. You know what I'm talking about? And when you see it, it terrifies you, because it reminds you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you see something. You, you, hear, you hear a fire engine, you, you see a police car, you, you hear an alarm, you, you have a smell. You know what I'm saying? Like smell can take you back to stuff like that, can it? It's like that's the only sense that doesn't have anything else attached to it. So every time you smell that, it'll take you right back to whatever that was. And that's him. And what did he do? He was afraid and then he began to sink. Or you know what another good word is for that? Shrink. You ever felt that? Where it's like he gets so small. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if you've ever shrank back from something that you're afraid of, it is the worst feeling in the world, isn't it? And you feel about this big, you know? You feel like a guy coming up to you in the gym and going, you know, your muscles are kind of small. Maybe you don't need an extra large shirt. You kind of need a medium, you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> you you want to you hurt a man's feelings? Say that to him. You know, it's like, man, there's some pretty big muscles, but you probably need a smaller shirt, you know? <laughs> they don't like that. I tried that with my nephew. He did not like that at all. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> But that shrinking feeling—you know what I'm talking about? When you feel like you're shrinking, when you feel like I can't take it—and then he cried out, "What, Lord, save me?" Now that's not, a, that's not a prayer of salvation. That's not the salvation prayer. What it is is—it's a cry of desperation. Anybody ever felt that? Lord, where are you, God? help me. I don't know how to get out of this. And there's this fear. There's this, it's like, almost like a cloud wraps around you. You ever had that? It's like this cloud and you don't know how to get over it. All you see is darkness. Remember what it says? When he saw it, it consumed him. Even after, and this is important, even after he had experienced Jesus. Now some people don't like, no people don't say that, but he's an apostle. He's out of the boat. He's experienced some things about God, but that internal fear had not been dealt with. And he comes out, and it's like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And here's what Jesus does. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached. You can can circle that word reached. He reached out his hand, and he caught him. Pay attention to the sequence. And then Jesus said this, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt Now, I think I've heard this story taught wrong many times. I think I've taught it wrong many times. I've thought of it wrong many times. Because if you put the emphasis on what Jesus was saying, I think you're going to miss a little bit of what he was trying to teach here. Because if you don't pay attention to the posture, you're not going to get it. It, That happens all the time with text. You ever had that happen? Where it's like somebody misunderstood everything you were saying because it wasn't in context or you couldn't hear the inflection? It's why I don't, don't do conflict over text. It doesn't work very well. And people get all confused, and they, they look and read into your words and all this kind of stuff. And, it, and at first glance, you might be thinking that Jesus is talking like this. You of little faith, why did you doubt me? See? But that's not what he's doing. You, you did that. No, no, that's not Jesus' demeanor, though, see? What did he do first? He, he caught him. He grabbed him. Peter's sinking And he's not even paying attention to God, and he's so out of it. You know what I mean? He's kind of in shock, if anybody's ever experienced people that have that. And Jesus reaches out and got him, and is basically saying, I got you. You know what I mean? Now understand what this is about, Peter. This is about building your faith. (laughs) Peter, this is a moment that I'm not a pointing finger. I'm an outstretched arm. He's not mad at Peter. He's, he's, he's completing the lesson that happened earlier that day. Remember when they were at, you might not know the story, but go back and read it for yourself, the story of the 5,000 when he fed them. You know what he was saying? He said, you have little faith. Didn't you know that God could provide all this food? Oh, you didn't know. And then they come back to this situation, and he's going, hey, I just want to point out something. This is live and in person. I can help you with this. I can help you with this, Peter. I can help your faith. Expand Now, Now let me be very clear on what this message is not about. This is not trying to explain why God allows all the bad things that he does. Please don't take it that way. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not here tonight to explain why God allows for the storms, only that sometimes that he does. And, and if you've been through a storm and you've had enough time to think about it and you've been through a crisis, then you've had enough time to think, you know what, God could have stopped that storm, couldn't he? And the truth is, is God could have stopped it here, couldn't he? He was praying the night before. And he comes out walking on the thing that they fear the most. You get the idea? And I'm not here to tell you why he allows it only to say that he can walk on it. You see, sometimes God isn't saying, I want to deliver you from it. Now, he could have. Why do you think God didn't deliver him from it? Why do you think? He could have have ceased the storm as soon as he walked out and walked on glass. Now that would have been a lot easier, right? And then it would have been like, yay, Jesus, thank you for doing that. And then you know what would happen? Every time you saw a storm, you would anticipate the problem of the storm coming. But what Jesus wanted to do was take Peter to a place and take the disciples to a place where it isn't based on their circumstances. He wanted to show him, hey, look, I don't have to calm the storm. I can walk on it. I don't need to change your circumstances. Sometimes I'll calm the storm, and he demonstrates later that he can certainly do that. But sometimes I walk on it because I have a purpose in it. And my question is, Peter, will you trust me? Because now you don't have to fear anything. You don't have to fear any circumstances. You don't have to anticipate it's good until the next time it happens. You know what I mean? Maybe you do. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you have that fear. I don't know. But he walked on it instead. Verse, 30, 33 says, or verse 32 says this. And, and when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Hmm. <coughs> You see that? That's what reiterates the point that he could have said, you know what I could have done? I could have calmed the storm before I got in the boat. But it ceased the lesson. He's going, the lesson now is done. Now the storm is calm. I could have done that before, but I wanted to show you my power. That I'm not below the storm. You're not below the storm. I'm going to cause you to rise above it. And you can go through any circumstances with that. You don't have to be afraid of any circumstances, guys. And you know what? They got it. Verse 33 says this. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. See, they got it that day. They didn't get it when he fed the 5,000, by the way. (laughs) Very few times do miracles do it for people. If you watch the miracles in the Bible, very few times do they see the glory of God and turn to God. They go, yay, God, and then they go about their day, and they go right back to the same old pattern, and they fear the same old things. And the reason why God doesn't deliver, believe me when I'm telling you, I'm not trying to tell you why God allows the things that he does or why he allows the pain that he does, only to say this, is that Jesus can walk on whatever that is. And sometimes he doesn't choose to deliver us from it because it transformed them that day. When they said he was the son of God, it wasn't because he calmed the wind and the waves. It's because he walked on the storm. You get it? And they worshipped him that day. Now, now, the lesson wasn't over, by the way, for them. <laughs> we'll find another time. And they doubted God again. Trust me, if that's you, it's okay because that, that tends to happen. So, so for today, here's, here's, what I, here's what I'd like you to kind of take away. It, if I could leave you with something tonight as we start this series, and there's so many other things we can talk about. There's so much more that we want to talk about in this series. So many more practical things God wants to do, but the first place we've got to start is this. Here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine a couple things with me. Imagine your worst fear. What is it? What is the thing that you fear most? I'm not even asking you to write it down, because I know for some of us we're not going to do that. We know what it is inside, or maybe you don't even know what it is inside, but here's how you can tell if if there is a fear, because it drives you from time to time. Every now and then you do things and you go, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I tell you, most of the time, it's from an internal fear. I'm scared I'm going to be found out. I'm scared I'm going to have to forgive somebody. I'm scared you're going to ask me to let that go. (laughs) I'm scared I'm going to lose something. I'm scared I won't get recognized. I'm scared my life won't be of value. You get the idea? We'll talk about all those things but before we do, identify it. What is the storm? What is the fear? What is the thing you anticipate that goes, every time I turn around, I thought I was past it. I thought I put that in the past. Logically, I understood that it should be in the past, but yet it comes out inside me, and I'm so afraid. Even the men in the room, right? I know we don't want to talk about it, but it's true. What is it we're afraid of? The second thing that I want you to, to ask you is this, is imagine this, imagine, imagine the thing you fear the most and then imagine Jesus Christ walking on it because you know he can. I, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's something so horrible you can't even talk about, but imagine him coming, walking into your situation and going, I'm not a below this. I know exactly where you are. Now, now please hear me because I understand now we're getting very personal. Don't take it like I'm saying why God allowed it. All I'm telling you is, is do you believe that Jesus is powerful enough to walk on whatever that is? It's an amazing thing. The final thing I want you to imagine is this. Will you trust God? With whatever that is, would you trust in him? And let me explain what it is and what it is not. Because, Because right here is where your life could be changed or you'll just live where you're at in fear. If you want to dispense of fear, there is a key that does it. And you know what it is? It's trust in God. It, you see, a lot of us think it's understanding. A lot of us, we think that, that the way we could do this is God, if you would tell me, then I'd be better. See? But, but God doesn't tell us the future, does he? If he did, you'd know when you're going to die, you'd know when all the traumas are going to happen. And, you know, in this life, really bad things happen. And first responders can definitely tell us that, right? In a moment. Bad things can happen, right? And the answer is, it's not understanding everything that's ever going to happen. It's trusting in God. It's not not that God will deliver you from all bad things. Because that's not true. Ask any first responder. Because I just gave you some illustrations of how God miraculously saved us from some horrible things for people in our congregation this week. But can I tell you, I can give you just as many things that, that God didn't. That people lost loved ones. People aren't here anymore. And we're wrestling with that going, what is that about? And how can God be in that? And what can he do with that? And how can I trust a God like that? And that's a great question. And I don't have the answers as to why he allows everything he does, only to say this. Here's what, here's what changed my life. It was the day I learned this. When I, when I read the Bible and, and I heard somebody say once, and they said, you know, Jesus Christ died for that. Did you know that Jesus came into the world not only to do all these cool things that he did and heal all these people and do things just for this life, but he died on the cross so that you might be with him for eternity? And that he's waiting now for all to come to repentance that will. And then they, they said, Look at the cross of Christ. Do you know what he did there? He died for your sins, but not only yours, but for everybody. And I went, What does that got to do with anything? You know that person, John, that you can't forgive? Is that enough? That was the question that changed my life. Not not just for you, but if Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of that pain that sin has caused, is that enough to trust him? Not as an explanation. Not that that we'll understand everything that God allows in this world, because trust me when I tell you, you can talk to some of these first responders. They'll tell you things if you don't know, right? Make your toes curl. Make, make you not be able to sleep at night, go, man, I, I'd be in so much fear of what can happen, right? And maybe some of you guys are dealing with that, where it's like, hey, that stuff's compartmentalized, but I always think, I'm always anticipating, I don't know what to do with that fear. And the answer is this, trust in God. How can I do that? Because of the person of Jesus Christ. You get it? Because Jesus Christ died, and he says, is this enough? Not that I, you'll understand everything, but that you can trust me with the things you don't understand. And I'll restore a relationship with you and I'll be there every step for you along the way. And I will walk on the thing that you fear the most. (laughs) Imagine living in a place like that. Imagine living life without any fear. I'm not talking about just being delivered from your fear. (laughs) See, because that's what we think of God. Oh, the divine deliverer, that's great. But that's not what he did in this story. And I think he's teaching us the most valuable lesson that can possibly be in this life. Is that I'm not just looking to deliver you from it. I will walk on it. And I'm calling you up here to be with me. And I may or may not cease the storm. And I say when. But either way, I'm with you. And what could you do if Jesus was with you? What could you do if he called you up on top of whatever storm that you're facing today? And what if every time a storm came, you didn't have to be afraid because you knew Jesus would be there. Now, you're going to see those storms, and you're going to shrink back, right? But every time you did, he said, I got you. Not this. Get it? Not this. Not you of little faith. No, this. I got you. I'm going to increase your faith again and again and again until you're not afraid anymore. You're not alone anymore. Huh that God himself will rescue you. I want to pray over you guys tonight. I thank the first responders for being here, and I know some of them had to leave, and that's okay. And so here's what i like to do. We're going to, we're going to pray before we leave tonight. If, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'd like you, I'd like you to think about that that maybe that's the place you got to start. I'm going to invite you back for next week because, because I think you need more than just talking about it. You need a place that you can be. And, and if you have a church home, great, plug into it. If you don't, we're inviting you to be part of this. If you liked what you heard, then I'm going to ask you. There's a card in there. Would you invite somebody to come back next week? And next week, we have um, Rick, Rick Pennington is here tonight, and we're going to have Uncle Rick's frozen custard next week. Um, frozen custard is better than Dairy Queen's ice cream. Right, Rick? I'm just... <laughs> And, uh, and it's better than sweet frog. I mean, so I'm really just killing all my sponsors tonight. But when I say that, I'm not kidding. Now, now because it's church, here's what the miracle is. We've taken all the calories and fat out of it. So I don't know how that's going to happen. Right? <laughs> but come back next week and fellowship with us. But more than that, learn. Because, guys, we've got a lot more to talk about. But, but for tonight, here's what I want to ask, guys. Plug in. Help, let us help you. If you need prayer, we're going to have some people come. In fact, I'm going to ask them to come now, if, they, if they'll come. And... Um, and, and, and before we leave tonight, we're, we're not going to have an invitation, but, but if you, you want to come pray with us, we'll be here. Okay? Write something on your Connect card. Say, I need, I need prayer this week. Invite somebody. Let us pray for you. And, and the final thing is this. We're, we're, it's not us that's inviting you. It's God himself. He, he wants a relationship with you, and if you need help with that, you come see us. But even as we pray at the end, you, you can ask him yourself, and he'll come in and he'll transform your life if, you, if you'll trust in God. Let's close in prayer. Let's stand for prayer. Father God, we come before you tonight, and Lord, I thank you for this kickoff for summer church. Lord, what an, what an amazing time we had, and I thank you for the cookout. I thank you for the first responders, and I pray for whatever they're doing right now, that, that vehicle and those people and whatever lives have been changed. I just pray that, that you be with them. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, for the one that might be here tonight that goes, you know, I have fear. And I haven't admitted it to anybody, including myself, but I know that it's in here. And it's directing all of my life, and I don't know how to get past it. And I pray tonight, God, that they can turn to you. And I pray we as a church can help support them. And Lord, as we, as we want to be more like you, I pray, Lord, let us not be hypocrites, but let us, let us conform to your image together. So, so, Lord, whoever that is, Lord, I just pray right now, in their own words, Lord, that they'd call out to you, that they won't leave here tonight without you. Lord, even the ones that, that, that say, hey, I know God in my head. Lord, I've known you and I've said a prayer, but yet Lord, somehow fear's gotten into me. Even after I've met Jesus, those feelings have come back. And I pray tonight, God, that maybe they can start a process that goes, hey, you know what? Jesus is walking on the thing I fear the most. Lord, I pray you be with this series as we unpack all kinds of things that we need to do some things to correct them. But the first step, Lord, is a relationship with you. God, let us enter into that. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for all first responders. We pray, Lord, we honored them. We thank you for them, and we pray for them. And I pray that we'll pray for them every day. God, I hope you were honored by all we did here tonight. We pray you receive all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. (gasps)